You've been in Israel a lot longer than I have. Mm -hmm. uh, how, how did this all, I've known you for many, many years and I never really heard the story. Like, how did you? Well, I'm, I, I just celebrated my 70th birthday. Oh, Mazel Tov, Mazel Tov. Yes. And um, when I was growing up in, um, in Australia, there was a huge interest in kibbutzim and Israel um, because people were looking for alternate lifestyles, young people. You mm. know, we had the Vietnam War, we had crisis with environment and a thousand and one things. You're you know. talking about specifically in the Jewish community no, in no, Australia? No, okay. no, I'm not Jewish. Oh, well, okay. So that makes another <laughs> okay. interesting... That answers that <laughs> question, yes. As far as I know. Anyway, <laughs> um, so back, but back in those days, a lot of people were, were interested in looking for a different, you know, a different way of life. And I don't know how kibbutz came up, but um, um, I always knew that if I went overseas, I'd come and have a look and see it, what a kibbutz was all about. So I worked till I was 25. I was in the government in a pretty good position in the government. And I thought, no, I don't want to be a government employee all my life. So mm. I... I threw that up and decided to go overseas. So I, I went by a very late booking on a um, P&O liner from Australia to England, which is five weeks. Wow! All across the Pacific, and then up to Canada, and then through the Suez, through the Suez Canal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We but had this, the this is not a, a pleasure cruise, though, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. P&O Orient. Nice. Oriana, they called it. Yeah. All right. Um, so we went through the Panama Canal and we went through Very nice. some of the islands down there. We ended up in, uh, in, uh, in France mm. and then we came across, I think there was about 11 stops all up. You know, it was really a, a, an exhausting um, time because every, every second or third day you'd be in a different port and you'd be racing off Fiji <laughs> and all that. You'd be racing all off to see the sights because you're never right. going to get back there again. You know? right. so, so that got you to England. Took me to England. I had... I used to play in a jazz group in Australia and, and the pianist and the bass player were living in London at the time. Mm -hmm. And they said to me, oh, you know, when you get to England, we want to take you to a concert. So <laughs> I arrived in England in, um, in the morning, got to London. They picked me up in the afternoon. I was living in, back in those days, it was Earl's Cross was where all the Australians went to, you know, when they came to experience the big, the big world, you know, the wider world. Right. So they picked me up from there. We went to a concert by a group called Focus from Holland. Okay. Unbelievable. They paid Beethoven, <laughs> but at volumes that you couldn't imagine. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that was my introduction to England. But the, the good part about the concert was when it finished, was the guy came out and played a lute right. solo and the whole place just mm. went crazy. And that was, you know, it was, you had the high of, of this rock band, you know, like putting out decibels that you couldn't imagine. And then the, the guy comes out with his lute and just plays such yeah. a beautiful, and it was just like everything this is, melted. This is this was circa like what, 1970? This would be 74, 73 I left Australia. So the, the lute is a, is a Middle Eastern instrument, right? In, in origin, Tzach? That's the oud. Yeah, lute came, I think, from the oud. Yeah, I think so. From Spain, that sort of thing. I don't know. It's mm. But it was, he, he played the... Um, the loot. Anyway, that's uh, that's just by the way. Yeah. So from because um, Australians when they leave Australia, by the time they leave, they they leave. Back in those <laughs> days too, it was yeah, a they, huge. They well, the irony too is that you went from Australia back to England. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, my grandfather left Wales by the name. Anyway, by the 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 the, the name Wales means slave in Old English. Really. 
Yes, and that's the way the, apparently the English used to oh, tr- treat I like the that. Hmm. Scotch, uh, the Welsh, the Irish especially. Yeah. That's why they're popular, you know. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, my grandfather, um, he was um, destined to work in the coal mines like hmm. everyone did in Wales in those days, all the men. But he, all they were all dying at, of black lung back in those days, right. about 35 years of age. His, wow. His relatives were dying of, you know, this black lung and... Uh, he didn't want to go down there, so um, they took up a collection in the village, bought him a, a revolver to kill or to guard himself against the blacks in Australia, the Aborigines. <laughs> okay. And he turned up in Australia. Now, how he got a handgun into Australia, I don't know. Maybe there was no ISIS around back in those <laughs> days. But anyway, he, get in, he got into Australia and he went to work up in the north of Queensland on the mines. And then he eventually moved to Brisbane, the, where I'm from, the city... Um, capital city of the state of Queensland mm-hmm. and um, and there he um, he was um, he was from the typical Welsh, Welsh villages where they had a communal choir and a communal orchestra, orchestra and bands and all that sort of thing. Everyone sang, everyone played right. instruments like I Real was, you know? small, small town. Uh, yeah, and he was an opera singer, he had a beautiful voice. All he right. used to sing on radio in, in Brisbane back in those days. So, um, 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 so you got to England, right? Mm. And, and you met your friends and you went to this concert. We, we were on our way to the kibbutz. Kibbutz, okay. So, so how, how did we get from long the, story the Focus concert? Australians tell a long story because back in the old days around the campfires. Oh, no, I've got time. It's just no, you built, no, I'm saying there was no... I've uh, got plenty of time. You just <laughs> built this suspense and now I'm like, wait a minute, we're, we're in England. We're at a concert. You painted the picture. Yeah, so after the concert, after my ears uh, sort of got used to normal <laughs> volume again. After the ringing stopped. I signed up for a, a trip around Europe, nine weeks, mm-hmm. going um, as far as... Uh, Bulgaria and then down and then coming all the way through the coast, Greece and Italy and then Spain and then up back to London. That was that was a camping trip with Contiki Camping Company. Okay. Uh, so I came back and then after that I went for another five-week trip to Russia and Scandinavia and all that, Poland. And then after that came back and went to Morocco. And Morocco um, was just on the, the war broke out. In seventy four, mm. was that their their civil war? No, in here, in uh, oh here uh, here right yeah. okay yeah Yom in Israel Yom Kippur right. So, um, oh, so you were in Morocco. I was in Morocco. So they said just you know don't travel around um, um, by yourself. Go in groups because mm-hmm. they killed two Americans. So I thought wow. yeah two Americans that's not a big deal. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so we ended up, uh, but that was great because then um, actually that was the first time. I'd ever heard that Jews lived in, in, um, in like in ghettos in North Africa. Okay. We never, I never knew Jews lived in North Africa. Right. Because mm. all you ever heard was Holocaust, uh, yeah. Europe. Right. So I was quite surprised we got to Tangier and all these places and the, and the, the, uh, the guide said, oh, over there's the Jewish court. And I thought, Jews in Morocco? <laughs> never heard of it. Never heard of it. A Jew in England. In it's a '90s film reference. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, so it's 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 ironic though. It was funny. I was thinking to myself, you basically had already become Israeli. That's what all these Israelis do. They work for a couple of years, save up some money, and then go exploring the world. You know, oh, before my, you ever even got here, you were already adopting the uh, Australians are really big on that. I mean, by the time yeah, you leave the island, you're gonna like just yeah, so far away. It's big deal, you know. It's um, but tens of thousands were doing it, but they weren't coming for. 
Um, now it's commonplace. Everybody in Australia does it now. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, it's a lot cheaper now. I mean, uh, oh, it's not, fantastic. Not by boat, not by boat. It's, it's right. some of my favorite travelers that I met yeah. around the world. Just amazing. I also ran into uh, quite a few when I was in South America 15 years ago, and uh, yeah, just mm. awesome people. They love. No, uh, not just pandering. I remember one time I was sitting in. Uh, th- I, I was meeting this guy. I met them in, in Berlin, and then I saw him again in Prague, and then I saw him again in Munich. <laughs> so when I saw him in Munich, he was like, he, he saw me across the room, and he, he called me over. And he was sitting with his friends, and they, they were like, so where are you from? I'm like, Israel. And they go like, oh, what do you think of Gaza? Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, before I even it's got a beautiful chance, this time of year. Before I even got a chance to respond, he, he was going like, oh, what's Gaza? Mm. They tore him apart. Yeah. I'm like, this is, these are your friends, man. I hang out with him because he doesn't know what Gaza mm. is. Mm. You know, <laughs> I'm trying to run away from that shit. Mm. <laughs> So but in yes, the end, you got to the you got to the. So Israel you're in Morocco. Morocco. So I got back. What what now? What happened? What used to happen? What in, in England was, um, people used to go traveling in the summer, come mm-hmm. back and then work in London because mm-hmm. there was huge amount of work back in those days, especially for nurses and, you know, people prepared to work because the English didn't particularly want to do certain things and uh, temp work. There was a lot of temp work around. Mm-hmm. So I I worked for a few months in London, and then. Um, I said, uh, actually, they offered me a job as a tour guide. Really? With the company I went with. Locally or For Europe and all that. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, um, I said, no, well, I want to go to Israel for a couple of months and see what's going on there in kibbutz and all that, and then uh, I'll come back this way and see what happens. So um, I um, made all the arrangements, got on a train to um, uh, Venice Mm. and the... And then there was a, a strike somewhere across <laughs> across <laughs> Italy. We were all sitting there. No one told us what was going on. And yeah, all of a sudden... If there were uh, jobs that the British didn't want to do, the yeah, Italians just the, didn't want to work at all. I'm looking at, at the clock saying, um, you know, the, the boat's going in <laughs> in about four hours. So we ended, I, I met a guy from a lace village, a lace-making village in in Cyprus. Okay. And he said, let's take a taxi. So I thought, yeah, this will be interesting if I got any money left here. <laughs> so we ended up having to take a taxi all across the north part of, uh, for the last two hours, I think it was, for me to get to Venice. To we get got to there the for about okay. half an hour ahead of time. But that was one of the best experiences I had it was seven days on a, one of these mail boats, you know, that you go all around every port of call, you know, all around. Right. So you see all these roads and, uh, um, places that you normally don't go to, you know, yeah. you pop in there and they drop off stuff and they pick up stuff and they take you around and you got a little bit of time to to move on. You meet all sorts of people from, you know, a lot of Jew, a lot of um, Israelis, you know, even mm-hmm. religious, coming back from you know tra- traveling and all that sort of thing. So were uh, they in the seventies? They were still traveling by ship uh, quite a bit. Uh, they, it was very cheap. It was very mm. cheap and it was a good way of getting around because if you fly, what do you see? You see air, that's yeah. it. But mm-hmm. if you take a boat and you've got the time, you meet all sorts of people. And Yes. I mean, Nowadays, quite, people are in such a hurry. Yeah, yeah. They just want to uh, get there. This guy invited me to come to Cyprus. I never got there, but uh, still in all. But you meet so many interesting people around the place that um, it was a great, you know, seven days was cheap as chalk. Mm. I don't know. How, you had to provide your own meals and you slept on the on the deck yeah. or it, or inside, you know, <laughs> so it's not like on, camping. Uh, it's like, it's like you're camping days. on the ocean. Back yeah, it's great. But it was absolutely, absolutely great time, you know. And we got to <coughs> England, got to um, to Haifa, and they sent us off to Tel Aviv to the kibbutz movement um, office. Had you already contacted someone? Perf- yeah, I, I made all the arrangements through London. The uh, kibbutz had uh, an office in in London okay. because there were so many volunteers okay, okay. coming to uh, to uh, to Israel and back right. in those days. 
I mean, when I got here, there were 80 volunteers. 80? 80. On, on this kibbutz eight, oh, here? Yeah, from yeah, all around wow. the world. And they weren't people coming to... It's like one in four is a volunteer. Yeah, yeah, yeah nowadays, you can't even, nowadays you can't even get the paid salaried people to do their jobs, let alone <laughs> find someone who's going to volunteer. Back in those days, the, uh, there were, in the kibbutz, the, there were field crops and they were picking and no automation, a lot, you know, a lot less oh, automation. Yeah. Yeah. And, and chickens and, you know, a thousand and one things and you needed manpower. Yes. Right. So, I mean, I th- if I remember rightly, there were 80, there were Japanese and they were from all around the world. It was an mm-hmm. incredible experience. We had musicians from Canada, a couple of brothers who played great flute and guitar and every night they'd be playing around the, the what's the name? Campfire. Anyway, to long, cut a long story short, I get to Haifa, I get to, they send me off to... Um, to uh, to Tel Aviv, and then some group of terrorists or something started came came into mm. the country somehow, and so they and they didn't find them, so they they stopped sending volunteers out to the kibbutzim because mm. a lot of the kibbutzim are on the borders, so that's all they needed now. You know, from a volunteer from Australia to be killed on the border of Jordan, yeah. and that right. would be not popular. Yeah. So they kept us in in. Um, in, uh, in Tel Aviv for uh, two days, I think it was, and then they said, where did you want to, you know, which kibbutz did you want to go? And back in those days, with 300 kibbutzim that were still kibbutzim, right. not privatized and all that. Um, so I thought, you know, uh, my mother was going to have a heart attack if I tell her I'm on the border of Gaza. Or, <laughs> so I thought, well, I better, I'm only coming for two months, yeah. three months, so I'll, I'll play it cool, you know. So I came through, I came through the, uh, you know, where we're living now, and I could smell the gas in the air, and I thought, well, you know, I'm going to go all the way back to Tel Aviv and say, you know, I don't like the smell of the air. I'm only here for two weeks, so two months <laughs> I won't die. You know? You're talking about the uh, our friendly neighborhood uh, petrochemical yes, factories. Yes, refineries and all that yeah. sort of thing. Um, so 